You are listening to the 18th episode of Talk and Rock with GMH. Let's talk and rock. It's Talk and Rock with GMH. Welcome to the podcast where we talk rock. I'm your host, GMH, and thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of Talk and Rock with GMH. 18 episodes in two weeks, that'll be 20. Um, awesome. So this week's song of the week is brought to you by Economy Pawn. Um, if you are looking for quality, gently used, or vintage musical instruments, Economy Pawn is the one-stop shop. It is located at the corner of Dufferin and Main in Winnipeg, and the address is 844 Main Street. So thank you so much for sponsoring the song of the week. And uh, the song of the week is... Um, Somebody that I used to know by Three Days Grace. So um, I, I haven't really listened to, I don't really listen to a lot of Three Days Grace. Um, but um, somebody told me about the song and, you know, I, I, I listened to it. And it's a cover of um, Gautier's song, Somebody That I Used To Know. And I don't really, th- I, originally I wouldn't have thought that a metal cover would have worked for this song. Um, but it actually sounds amazingly good. I mean, at first, I wasn't the biggest fan because w- they start off with, like, a super heavy, you know, riff, and then they go into acoustic guitar. I thought it sounded a little cheesy, but it sort of actually comes together after listening to it a few times. So I highly recommend you give this um, a listen. It's definitely heavier than heavier than the original. I also quite like the original, but, yeah. Um, so that is this week's song of the week. Thank you to Economy Pawn. So today, um, our special guest on the podcast is musician Rami Mays. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Uh, good. So how long have you been playing music for? Um, well, I don't want to give away my age. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I've been playing since I was 14 years old, and I'm 45 now. Mm-hmm. So 34 years. Okay, and who are some of your biggest inspirations that got you into music? When I was younger and I listened to the radio a lot, I would listen to, there was a lot of like Joan Jett and Pat Benatar and Hart and Blondie and stuff like that on the radio. So I pretty much just wanted to be Joan Jett. That's who I wanted to be. That's all I wanted to be. I would just grab a hairbrush and do the full lip sync into the, into the mirror every time Joan Jett came on. So for sure her, uh, her and all the other women, but there were, you know, I listened to lots of classic rock at the time, like Hendrix, mm-hmm. Doors, CCR, you know, um, Zeppelin, ACDC, even Maiden and Priest, you know, I listened to that. So that, all that stuff kind of influenced me a lot. I really loved, I wanted to get into yeah. music because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and did singing just come sort of after or did, did that all sort of come together? It's funny that you asked that because I really was a horrible singer when I was younger. Um, I, I have the cassette recordings of myself singing like TV show theme songs yeah. at the time and it's, they're horrible. They're just like, oh, yeah, you know, just trying so hard to sing and sounding like absolute shit. And so then and then I even entered like some talent shows in school and the singing was fairly, fairly poor. But Mm -hmm. I think what happened is I just really wanted to sing just so badly that when I got a guitar when I was about 14, I just started just playing and singing and I remember it being not that bad, but I think it was just over time, you know, the more people tell you you're doing good or you're doing great. And, you know, then you end up yeah. getting more confidence. 
you know, and then you just yeah. start really nurturing what you do. And, and it's, fu- it's funny to people when I tell them that I don't think I, I was really ever a very good singer because they really like my vocals and it just sort of happened naturally that I can sing my own material pretty good. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so with your first like two records sort of being like sort of a country vibe, when did you s- decide to, you know, switch to like the full band sound? Yeah. Well, it was like, um, it was, I grew up playing a lot of like when, when, you know, when you start playing, you play a lot of acoustic music. Yeah. So I was strumming on guitar and I was playing guitar a lot and it was very, it sort of was folky and sort of rocky roots, you know? But my love for music was like, I loved, as I said, like classic rock and roll and stuff like that. So really what happened was that I just, I got introduced to playing a lot of country and bluegrass because that was what I was kind of good at and able to do. But I learned a lot about blues and rock and roll and, you know, ZZ Top all the way to Mississippi, John Hurt, old school blues. And, and then I, uh, I ended up just my skills on guitar caught up to the music I really wanted to be playing. Yeah. So like country and bluegrass and stuff, it's hard if you're a flat picker, but if you're just the rhythm player, it's, it's pretty straightforward. But as my skills got better, I realized, oh my God, I can play this blues tune I always wanted to play. So yeah. that's sort of where, where it sort of, it, sort, it changed then. It was, it was just that I was more able to play the stuff I really wanted to play. And, and then, uh, of course, once I got that going, I wanted to rock as hard as I could and have an awesome band to do that with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what are some of the coolest experiences that you've had as a musician? That's really hard to say because we're talking about a really long career so far of, and I'm really fun. So <laughs> I've done lots of fun things. Like if I'm in a town, I, I get out and I see the live music and I meet people. And, you know, next yeah. thing you know, you're like in someone's loft with a bunch of people having a party and you're meeting someone that you never thought you'd meet or, you know, so, so that happened to me quite frequently. I mean, obviously, uh, I can highlight that I've toured Europe many times and being raised, you know, just a sort of a lower class East Kildonan kid, yeah. I didn't really think I'd have that opportunity to ever get overseas. So that's, that was obviously just touring the, the world, touring the globe was definitely yeah. a highlight of my life and something I've always been really proud of that I was able to do and still could, but yeah, yeah, well, maybe not during COVID, but <laughs> yeah, um, and have you always sort of been going um, solo or were you part of any other music projects? Yeah, I've never, the only other time I was really in another band besides my own name was in this band called Off the Wagon that I was, uh, that I was, oh, there's five of us and we all kind of co-fronted the band. Yeah. We're all fronted. So Off the Wagon was sort of the beginnings of some other local bands in town like Derangers, Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then my own side projects. And so, but yeah, I actually, I was envious for many years when people would say like, oh, my band, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I want to name a band. Because <laughs> I was always just like under my name, Rami Mays. Yeah. So we did have Rami Mays and the temporarily employed for a while, which was cool. But yeah, it's always, it, it has always, like I've been the songwriter and I've been the person to push the project. So it sort of always ended up just being on me, you know? Yeah. Um. And what's your songwriting process like? Well, there really is like no immediate, like, I mean, people have asked me that before. There's no real process that yeah. works every time, yeah. but without being too encouraging of drugs and alcohol, <laughs> my process that works the best really seems to be if I have a lyric idea, like it'd be like a catch line or like just one really good line, a whole yeah. song can yeah. stem from that. Right. So 
you know, you just have to be like, you're like, oh, that's the best line ever. What am I trying to say? And you could work a song around that. So sometimes it's that. The music rarely comes first. The music usually comes post lyrics or with it along the way. Uh, do you have any advice for beginner musicians? Well, yeah. I mean, definitely get out of your parents' basement. Um, go explore and do things so you have t- context so that you have something to write about. Yeah. You know, I always found that like people who had good skills to start just didn't have really any life experience and that's where your songwriting is going to come from. But as far as just musicianship goes, practice, you know, practice, play. I rarely practice now, but I did when I was younger. I, I should be practicing now. You should, you should never stop practicing. But, you know, get out there, go to open mics. Don't be shy. Get over your fear because the first time I got on stage, I was... I think I was 14 actually. And I was called up on stage at the old Blue Note Cafe on Maine. You know, you're way too young for that, but it was a really awesome time in Winnipeg history. And, uh, and I just kept saying, no, no, I'm not getting up. I'm not going up on stage. But then I didn't, it was life-changing. So it is really scary to imagine getting up on stage, but own your, own your, own your shit. You know, like if you think you have something to offer, if you don't know you do, but you think you might, The only way to find out is to take the step and just try. Play for people, go meet people, experience things, get inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And what are some of your favorite songs to play, whether that's just like a cover or an original piece? Well, it's funny because I actually just did a, recently I did a a stream, an online, you know, concert. And I just challenged myself and I I made it a cover song concert. Mm -hmm. And before that, and it was really challenging. I learned 18 songs that were suggested to me. Well, there were hundreds suggested. I chose 18. And I did 18 songs, 18 cover songs. And usually I've been very stubborn about cover songs because I don't really play them. I, don't, I can't remember anybody else's lyrics. <laughs> and, uh, and I always just felt comfortable playing my own material. So I rarely play covers. But since you asked, the first thing that comes to mind is the only cover I've really ever done consistently since I was, you know, a younger on stage till even now, it'll be almost every show is an old blues yeah. tune called bring it on home. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's originally written by Sam cook, but I learned it from uh Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. And, uh, it's a killer tune, Sam cooks killer. So, but, uh, but that's just a song I can't seem to avoid in my set list mm-hmm. since I was young. So that would be really my favorite cover to play. Yeah. Um, and are you working on any new material right now? I wish I was. I feel like I'm in a bit of a writer's block and it's lasted. Well, my last album was 2015. So maybe a four year, five year writer's block. Um, I keep telling myself it'll be all right because things will come, but I guess I'm a little, a little discouraged with the industry right now and stuff like that. So it's affecting my creativity. Yeah. Um, it's nice when you have a push for like a reason to write. Like when you're like, Oh, I'm releasing an album this year. I better get writing. Mm -hmm. But when you don't really have anything to practice for, it kind of discourages you to write a little bit, but there are a couple of bits and pieces. I have a, a song called small victories that I've been working on most of the year. Mm-hmm. And until it's finished, I won't really, you know, I, I just don't feel like it's finished, but yeah. that would be one of the newer ones that I would add to the repertoire right now. Yeah. Um, and what is your recording process generally like? Um, well, the best part about it is it starts with pre-production yeah. and that's when you really find out if you have any, like remove the fat and leave the meat sort of on all the song on the songs you have. So you sit down with ideally a producer or at least someone you trust musically. And you just try to flush out every idea that you have half songs written, a couple ideas, you know, songs you've written, you aren't sure about. And then you have someone else kind of 
objectively hear what's working and what's not. And they can yeah. sort of start helping you select. Once you choose your 10 to 12 songs that you're going to take into the studio, um, it's pretty exciting from then. I mean, that's the only thing I'm missing the yeah. most out of, out of recording right now, not the, how much it costs and how much it, how much work goes into promoting it. But yeah, but I do miss being in the studio. It's a super fun process to hear something that came from your head back at you in the studio, you know, cause it starts yeah. with the bed tracks. It starts with the, the drums and bass sort of putting their feel together. And meanwhile, you're sitting in the other room listening and scratch vocaling, like just putting down your vocals so they can follow the song and you're changing yeah. the lyrics and you're wearing sweatpants and drinking coffee. And, yeah. and it's really, it's just such a fun place to be. So that's sort of the process, you know, make mm -hmm. sure you have 10 to 12 songs going in that you like that others agree with. And then you just start laying down the bed tracks and start seeing how it goes. All right. So um, before we wrap this up, where can people find you on social media? Um, I used to have a website. I just didn't really find that, that I was like paying for a website that I never really used. Mm -hmm. So I, I just feel like because I have like 15,000, you know, Facebook followers and I have like, you know, a few thousand Instagram followers that I'm on there enough. Yeah. So really just Facebook, I have a few Facebook pages and I have, um, and I have an Instagram page, but you could just look up Rami Mays and okay. you should be able to Google just about anything. And if there are gigs to be had, I, I most likely stay on posting them pretty steadily. Okay. Um, well, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, and, buddy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the 18th episode of Talk and Rock with GMH. Um, I just want to say before I sign off, once again, thank you to Rami Mays, our special guest this week. And also, um, make sure to go follow the new official Talk and Rock with GMH Instagram page. So, um, yeah, so so the username is talking rock pod, all one word, and um, and all lowercase. Or you could just search up talking rock with GMH, and it should be the first thing that pops up. So I really appreciate you guys following that. And yeah, I'll make sure to put um, I'll make sure to put the link or the username in the show notes section. And once again, thanks to um, our sponsor for the song of the week, um, this week's song of the week, Economy Pawn. All right, I'm GMH, signing off. Let's talk and rock. It's talk and rock with GMH.